And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Mini draft week treat for you. We're going to drop the podcast a little bit early because, well, there's quite a monumental decision to be made by the Warriors in the coming hours. So we figure probably a short shelf life on this podcast, which we take Tuesday morning, usually release on Wednesday morning. But we're going to release this one a little bit earlier. So here it is. Plus minus. Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit. Plus minus. That is a word right there. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say? Plus minus. Yeah, like, like you, Marcus Thompson. Marcus always tell the truth. Plus minus. The only thing that I would say to Ethan Strauss is that he's a pretty damn good reporter. Um, he's well plus respected. Minus. I think he got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Welcome to the 98th NBA Draft Edition of Warriors Plus Minus. Are we finally here? Anyway, I've got my homies with me, Tim Kawakami, the boss, who basically just gave me an incredible review, so this is really my guy. Ethan Strauss, the superstar author of Victory Machine, and Slater, the best Lakers beat writer, period. <laughs> we're, still, we're still doing this, huh? Best one since Scott Osler. Best one since Kyle Kami. Oh, I know. You're saying, way, wow. to go, way to go, Ethan. Way to go. Oh, awesome. You missed, that, you missed that kiss up moment, Ethan. Yeah. Come on. Wow. Wow. I got to redo Ethan's performance review now. We got all, total reset. Total reset. Uh, it's just Scott. Scott Osler's the archetypal, like, you know, drinking with Chick Hearn. Like, that's what I imagine. You know, I think 1970s, but okay. I'll stop digging my hole. This is not the way to start this podcast, which is a Warriors podcast on the eve of them having the number two overall pick. But I will point out that Scott Osler never actually was the Lakers beat writer. He was a columnist writing about the Lakers. So. Who had Scott Osler being referenced three times before, like, James White? Wiseman or Anthony Edwards today, <laughs> or uh, not Chris even Scott Paul. Osler, right? Yeah, yeah, Chris Paul or any of those. Yeah, <laughs> the Jesus Osler Christ. family is surprised at all this love. <laughs> Let me just set this up by saying we are speaking on Tuesday morning. By the time people listen to that, I you know nine more trades might have happened. I mean the NBA is going crazy. Man, you just killed my whole look ahead intro. I was trying to like be in in, in the moment. You know, we are now like, this, we are looking morning. live. You know what I'm saying? I was live. I'll boldly put this on tape, and it could be incredibly wrong by the time this, this is released. I don't think the Warriors are going to make a trade. I think this is what they're going to go into the draft. Now, they might make a trade during the draft, but by the time this episode is released, I think they're going to be looking at everything they've got. That is a Scott Osler-level limb you're out there on, TK. <laughs> you are, man, you are out there. I'm way out there. I just don't know who they who would they trade for at this point. I mean, it's like this is the, the universe of what they would trade for is going to be established once other teams start signing players. That's what I believe. And, hey, there's Boyan Bogdanovich, and all these things are still are kind of going on, and they, they probably know. I think they're a second movement kind of team, not a first movement, and we just, we're seeing the first movement now, and they're not a part of it. 
in my opinion. Warriors, the counterpunchers of NBA movements. Yes, yes. Tell Lake of that. Like, you guys are really, <laughs> you're not so much on the forefront. Not, not so much the light years ahead. More like, you know, a little It's a light up. years response. My guess would be the two trade options in the next few days for the Warriors are, obviously, like, it's possible they absorb somebody into their trade exception. I mean, I, I think the Thunder now having Danny Green, Ricky Rubio, and Kelly Oubre right in that trade exception range. And the Thunder. Yeah, my guy Kelly, let's go. Very much in a situation where it would appeal to them to just basically give away one of those contracts without having to take any back. Maybe they get like a future first or something. That could happen. And then the other one, I do think a minor trade down could happen. I'm with you, Ted. I do not see a blockbuster available to them. Unless somehow we don't know that Paul George is being made available behind the scenes or something like that. But it's just not there. Sometimes the best move is no move. You know, you see some stuff out there about like Aldridge and 11 for Wiggins and two. And it's like the people who want that seem to be the people that just want movement, even if it's poor, very poor value for the Warriors. Nobody in the Warriors organization wants that. Right. <laughs> hey, Draymond, we can get you LaMarcus Aldridge. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> hey, I'm no. sure the Spurs would be interested in a deal like that and maybe getting a old Denny up there. But look, maybe Twitter isn't the right way to judge things as to where the fan base is writ large but i was surprised seeing some people diehard warriors people mad that they're not getting in on the action and i have to wonder are you mad because you feel like bob myers and the warriors aren't doing what they should be doing or do you just want to get in on the conversation do you just want to matter right now and be the thing everyone's discussing because when i see the deal that the Pelicans got in trading away Drew Holiday, it's not like I see that and I go, man, the Warriors should have just given up their entire future for, for Drew Holiday. What are they doing? I don't know where people are falling in line with that, thinking that the Warriors are screwing some up by not joining this fracas right now. It's FOMO. It's FOMO. It's, you know, this fear of other things happening and why aren't... And I actually thought it was going to be more of an eruption from the Warriors fan base. Maybe I'm just not looking at the right people. Who knows? Just so you know, TK, because I love you, FOMO is fear of missing out, not fear of other things happening. <laughs> That's same thing. Same difference. I mean, I mean, you said FOMO, and then you went and botched the whole thing. Well, Come fear, on, man. Fear of missing Drew Holiday. That's like phonimbo. Or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. You go with that. Is phonimbo a draft pick? Is, that a, is he a sleeper? The trade exception is a ticking clock. Hey, are they not going to use this trade exception? We saw when Cohan didn't do that way back in 2008, and that screwed up a, you know, various other things down the road. But I think if I measure by what I'm seeing, obviously there are other people out there who are not thrilled with this. Fans always want their teams to get involved in stuff when they see stuff happening by other teams. But I think there is some confidence that Joe Lacob is going to do this if it's the right deal. And listen, they don't do it. There's going to be anger, and I think maybe justifiable anger if you see some available deals. But I think that the pattern of this team is when there's it's the time to spend money, they spend money. So we'll see. You know, it's whatever November 22nd. If they don't use that 17.2 by then, I think there's going to be justifiable at least concern among the fan base. But at this point, I, it's, it's less than I thought it was going to be. Can, can I also say it's it's partially our fault? I mean, we've spent, and I don't blame us at all. I mean, it's just the, the climate we're in. <laughs> you but, said it's our, our fault. It's our fault. And you don't blame us at all. Well, 
we had to do what we had to do the last seven months. Which is this is like a scorpion and the frog parable where the scorpion just has to sting and it's not even his fault? Is that what we're looking at? Look, we spent seven months without a basketball game to talk about. So I I've mean, been writing... Some of us did. Not all of us on this podcast. <laughs> I've, been, I've been basically writing 10 targets they could go with this. You know, like, remember I did a target of the week for a while and like different trades you can make. We just haven't been able to talk about actual hoops. So... I mean, we spent seven months theorizing and speculating and, and trying to find different maneuvers. Lathering them up, huh? Just be, lathering the crowd. Because imagine if every day for seven months we just wrote, get a couple of veterans, use the second pick. But that's probably what's going to happen. But that's also interesting. Who are you going to pick? That stuff's fun. Well, I okay. How do you guys feel? Because we're a little sensitive to the timing of this and what might have happened when it comes out. So we should probably talk about what happened, uh, what just happened. How do we feel about the holiday trade and the potential for Giannis to lock up? Man, I was box? trying to get there, but you know, we was having a good conversation. I'm sorry. I took the wheel. I took the <laughs> nah, wheel. Go ahead. You Apologies. got it. You got it. Drive away. I just don't want you to be acting like I wasn't doing my job. You feel me? As I try to drive away, my dog goes crazy. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. What is going on out there? Is another squirrel eating a pumpkin? That's Let me take issue. it for Ethan. One thing where, I where think my dog's would... at. I think he, what Ethan wanted to say is, wow, I guess Giannis isn't coming to the Warriors, at least right now. Well, let's just say this. I think Marcus and I might have a point that we both kind of made on Twitter is the Bucks really seem to be making sure they do everything to make sure Giannis stays. No, which does no way. It, he was yeah, never leaving. It, yeah, which does make it seem like they're not sure whether Giannis we is We were crazy for thinking about yeah, this. Some people no got way. ripped and shredded by people whose avatars mostly involve the Green Bay Packers or the Milwaukee Bucks for suggesting that around the league, the sense was that it was not certain that Giannis was going to stay with the Bucks, And I still don't think it's certain. I mean, yeah, I no, think, I don't I think, Yeah, I think it's certainly a stronger case can be made. You got Drew Holiday, you make a run, you get to the finals, maybe you even win it. They're a better team. I, I mean, I, I love Drew Holiday. I think he's a fantastic player. I think he fits wonderfully. Incredible upgrade over Bledsoe. Yeah. Amazing yes. Oh, upgrade. my God. Not Emmy. Incredible. And he's an upgrade. Who was their second best player two years ago? Might have been Brogdon. He's better than Brogdon. Like, it's a great step forward. It still doesn't mean it can't flame out in the playoffs. It still doesn't mean that Giannis, even if Giannis signs a Supermax, We've seen guys sign the Supermax and go, ah, get me out of here a year later. This this has happened. The bellyache yeah. provision. Hey, the superstar control. I mean, that's, I mean, Ethan's written about this. The superstar controls the situation. That's just the way it is. But Marcus and I are reacting also like, hey, look, this is a team that isn't sure that Giannis is staying. If you ever thought it was a slam dunk that he was staying, it's not, and you were you were not reading the situation correctly. They're giving three up three picks their, for Drew, yeah. three and, and, po and, picks? and possibly a, involving five is involving two other pick swaps. So it's five possible picks. I would say this: if Giannis stays, those are probably going to be picks twenty-five through thirty, and then the pick swaps probably won't even convey because you're not going to pick swap to get up to you know a twenty-five, uh, and then. If Giannis leaves, I don't think those GMs are going to be around to, 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 you know, absorb the blow of that. I mean, but who was offered two picks? <laughs> like, where was the, they just decided to go three? You just had to do it. It's like the New Orleans said, you have to do this. So we're going to, that's the same thing that, you know, other teams have done in other situations. You have to do this. So this is what it's going to take. That's it. You're not, you're not bidding against anybody, but your own fear. And this is what you have to do. I'm not criticizing the Bucks because it seems like this is what they had to do. But okay, so for some context on this, 
I don't know what David Griffin's thought process was on this particular deal, but I have spoken with him you know, for the book, asking him about certain deals, asking him about how he goes about things. And it's similar to Daryl Morey. He doesn't do this blind. They do reconnaissance. They do intel. And it would seem to me that David Griffin is making a bet on the Bucks right now that Giannis might be staying there for a year, but not beyond that. That seems to be the bet. When he's collecting these picks, or, or there's a, there's a possibility of that. I mean, I don't. Yeah. Think, I mean, he, he can't know. I would not be shocked if he has done his intel and he gets the sense that yeah, maybe Giannis is here for this year, but beyond that, I don't really think so. And so it's one of those strange deals where the bet is one of almost disrespect, even if it's between partners. That yeah, uh, you need this right now, but you're gonna fall off, um, and you're gonna. <laughs> you know, it's almost like the sort of loan shark deal. Well, also, I mean, hey, I love Holiday. I think it's a good move, but he's a 30-year-old guard. He's 30. With one year yeah. left on his contract. So, yeah, there is risk involved, no question. And what if Holiday gets hurt? What, you know, what if it doesn't quite work out and, you know, Milwaukee wins 55 games again and loses in the second round? Or, or what if the Brooklyn yeah. Nets get James Harden and they're just awesome <laughs> exactly. and just smoke them exactly. you know, 4-1? Or, or the Celtics do something, you know, you, you never know. Or I, Philly I gets think, James Harden, right? Like, I think it's a move that a Milwaukee franchise has to make. You have to try to make sure that Giannis's era is extended and is maximized. And I could not think of a better player than Drew Holiday, who was available, uh, got people mad at me on Twitter last night when I said who was available, not like, you know, Luca in his Luca right now. He's not available. If this move had not been made and Giannis doesn't sign the Supermax, and as I said, even if he does, I think everyone would be looking this season saying that Giannis is going to go. Just that would have been the sensibility about it. And at this point, I don't think we're going to think that. Whether that changes the whole picture or not, I don't know. But this is the move you have to make sure that you're set up for this thing to extend further, even if it doesn't exactly happened they're set up for it so Ethan, you're saying the warriors would just get them next year now is that is that your stance <laughs> i mean i'm not saying that i'm just saying we've got some proof uh most recently with james harden looking to find a way out of there looking to find a way to brooklyn where yeah you sign on the dotted line but it doesn't mean anything because you still have this immense leverage of yeah i'm gonna pull a vince carter and i don't really care and i'll take the criticism and at that point it's not worth it to teams and they have to make a deal. So I think the era of he signed a contract, so therefore he's here for the duration of the contract, it's over unless Adam Silver finds a way to uh, <laughs> to revive it, is what I'm saying. Because again, I think the way to look at this is, I do think Giannis wants to stay there for at least another year and give it a, give it a go. I don't think he's of that AAU mentality. And I don't think he has a bunch of relationships with other superstars on the level that LeBron James does or on the level that James Harden does. But this is also a bet by David Griffin that the, the, the day will come. Like, I do think that's what this is. The day will come bet, and it's going to come when he is under contract. And by that, you mean he's banking on those picks being better, right? Down the line, right? That's what yeah. kind of what the Warriors did with the Wolves, right? You're betting the Wolves are going to absolutely. Stink. Yeah. The trouble for the Warriors, though, as we've discussed all summer, was this was their window for Giannis with an aging Curry, Clay, and and this financial trouble they would have getting him in free agency with how stacked their books are. Their window was kind of now. They kind of needed Giannis to to push his way out now. I would push back on that. I think they got another year or two. It kind of depends on how they do. If they stink this year, then yeah, that was their window. But if they're good this year, then 
the problem is fitting him in on a free agent contract is like almost like impossible. I mean, you got to like shed everything besides Curry. You need him to sign. You need him to sign with Milwaukee. If he signs a super yeah. max, yeah. Right? then he's, he's then he's still he's in play. play. But if he signs play. a super max, he's gonna do at least another extra season after this. Yeah, I mean probably, but Paul George didn't, you know. Uh, and well, no, Paul George did one extra year. Paul George did two years. Like he had the final year, he signed one, and like it was almost like I'll sign it and then like give it a go. We'll see. We'll see. And and, and by the way, Slater, I just we're just hearing reporting that Oklahoma City basically said, "Hey, if you don't like it, we'll trade you." That's surprising to me, but maybe that's what smaller market teams have to do. If you come here for the supermax, whatever, and, and and it's a new player, so it's different than maybe Giannis would do with Milwaukee. But maybe that's a tacit deal that a lot of teams are doing now. Like, hey, you come here, supermax, and if you want to go, we'll trade you because these trades are happening really quickly. It, that's you know, so more, more. sad. That's like I want to date you so much, but if you want to, you know. And you can kind hey, of do apparently it. OKC, <laughs> OKC did this with Paul I'll make George, that deal. Right? I'll yeah. make that deal. <laughs> if that's the only way Giannis signs a Supermax with Milwaukee, you don't think Milwaukee would agree to that? I think Milwaukee would agree. I do that. too. But again, as we talk about these age troubles, I mean, by the time we get to the point that let's say he did sign the, the Supermax and then said, all right, now I want to trade. Steph's now 34. Clay's now 33. Where you look down in Miami, Bam's now 25. Luka Doncic down in Dallas is now 23. You know, like the seesaw tilt to me is going more towards other challengers for Giannis. Like to me, the time for the Warriors felt now. This was the prime time. It just could you match it up with other timelines? No question. Do you think if Giannis is of the mentality that he's happy with the Bucks giving away every draft pick in the universe, he's really on the forefront? I'm gonna like assume that? he okayed this. <laughs> I'm gonna assume he was very interested in this because guess what? Giannis doesn't care about the Bucks 2023 pick if he's planning on leaving. You know what I mean? He wants to win next season, and then he can decide after. Does he care about the Bucks future picks, or if he's on the Miami Heat or the Warriors, he doesn't care about the Bucks future picks. And the Warriors weren't weren't gonna, you know, I'll just let's try to turn it a little bit back to the Warriors and say the Warriors weren't gonna be in for Drew Holiday if it, if that's what it took to get him for a 30-year-old player on a one-year deal. I don't think they were going to be in on Covington if it took two picks, including this year's pick, because they got the number two overall. You know, you talk about what the mix of players that they move, they, they just weren't going to be in on these guys. And if you look at what they're going to have, let's say, you know, it's James Wiseman at two, plus the opportunity to add another player. That's worth more than Robert Covington, in my opinion. I don't think it's even a question. And it would probably would have cost them even more of opportunity cost, of, of luxury tax dollars, all those things. It's probably smart that they're not involved with this. They just got to make sure that they're involved in the back end, that back end light years. I think there's going to be a back end. I think there's going to be teams like, wait a minute now. We thought we were going to do this, this, and this, but then Portland did this, and we got to do this and this, and we got to dump some salary. And, and that's where I think the Warriors are going to have to be very aggressive. And they might already know what they're going to do. You know, Knowing them, they probably have a pretty good idea. And this might happen fast too, right? Like, oh, I'm kind of surprised it hasn't happened already. <laughs> the second wave might be hitting right now. I feel like right after the draft, or at least after the top half of the draft, where you kind of know where people are going and where it's slotted, it's going to come quick. I, I imagine they have all these scenarios like posted on their board, which, which you know, begs the question, who is going to be available? Who are the players that, presuming you're right, TK, that nobody, they don't make a trade, what, what's the next move? And I'm basically previewing my article for today. <laughs> <laughs> when you said, give us an answer. We're talking about mid-20 superstars. Like, 
I think Bradley Beal is like the glaring bright lights name that Washington right now is saying they're going to give it a go with Beal and Wall this season. And, you know, he's got two years of control left, so they're not in frantic mode. Do we think John Wall coming off an Achilles basically missing two years and Beal and whatever else is on that roster right now is going to work? Probably not. So I think he's the next big name. And to me, he fits the Warriors. The Warriors then hold their two pick. Wiggins and Minnesota's pick is that like is that what you're looking at as an offer down the road yeah well I think your hope is and you're going to bet on your developmental staff here you got to hit right because you drive that new car off the lot come Wednesday and, you know he better play well enough to, to up his value let's say it's Wiseman and he's solid or Edwards and he's solid and then you got to bet on your development of Wiggins right the closer Wiggins gets to that contract getting expired the less he is viewed as such a negative asset also if he plays well he becomes more appealing. Right now, the problem for them is like when you throw Wiggins in a trade right now, that like hurts their hope is they can get it to number one, they they want to use him next year. You know, he's going to play 30 minutes and be their third best scorer. But also, if they can get him to a better level, he can be a positive like not a hugely positive asset, but hey, like, hey, you want this version of Andrew Wiggins and this version of James Wiseman? That might sound better in February to the Wizards than it would right now. The funny thing is, I think that Anthony Edwards is the guy that they would probably want, right? Because they're the Wizards. We're all saying Edwards is not a fit ah. with the Warriors. We're all saying that he just doesn't move the ball. He's ISO, and he's not going to play defense. And I could just see the Wizards going, that's the guy we want. That's it. That's our guy. James Weissman, can, big guy who can versatile, who can play def- a lot of defense. Hell of that. We want the guy who can score 25 on, 22 sh- on 27 shots. This scenario is the argument for either Ball, probably even Ball more than Edwards. For Ball, yeah. Definitely for uh, Ball. Just trade value. Where the argument for Wiseman is like, you're drafting him to be on the Warriors the next seven years. If he's good, he's going to be tough to part with because he's going to fit perfectly. But if you get Ball, it's hard to lose value after a year anyway. So like, if they play well, it increases the value. But if they don't, people are still going to be like, yo, this dude, I, I can still do something with this. It'll still be valuable. But that's where LaMelo, for me, if you don't get Wiseman, that's what puts him over the top because he's going to be valuable in next year, in two years, like he's going to be something. But I, I do feel like I think more realistic take, and I know I know y'all won't like this, but Ben Simmons is that guy. Ben Simmons is the gettable guy who fit fit will be a question. You know, it would it would. It would definitely be a question, but he might be the best available player that they can get uh, just because he's young. They really do need, when Steph sits down, who's got the ball? Who's running the show? Jordan Poole, baby. Jordan Poole. They don't have that, and Ben Ben Simmons can be that. The shooting is going to be an issue. That might be dangerous for Draymond's future. That might be dangerous. I would say that would be a major duplication there. And sometimes that's the way it works. Uh, absolutely like it'd be tough to <laughs> see for a couple it, it, years it's yeah. tough to tough, tough to see like what 35 million dollars invested in two players who aren't going to shoot but it would be interesting you'd be better defensively you'd, you'd be have, way better defensively yeah, better in transition Seth could play off the ball some we talk about all these roles that the, the Warriors have lost you know they, they've lost Durant they've lost Livingston they lost Iguodala because they could do all these different things handle the ball set the offense guard everybody they don't have those guys. Wiggins is an approximation of that. Simmons is that guy. Like, he could do all that and possibly more, except for shoot. He would fit the Warriors in a lot of ways. It's just, yeah, would he fit the Warriors with Draymond playing 35 minutes a game? That part I do not know. 
And if he can't shoot in Philly, what, is he gonna is he gonna pull the trigger with Stephen Clay on the court? Doesn't a Simmons for Harden swap right now make a ton of sense for both teams? It probably does, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if Daryl if Morey wants to just come out firing with something like that. And I, I don't think know. Down the road, Houston, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Houston, I mean, does he want to say like a... sometimes guys like they're associated with one player and they've they've done everything for that player and then they go to another team and everyone thinks that's who you're going to get and that's who the guy doesn't want to get because <laughs> I don't want to just be I'm the James Harden guy I want to be I'm Daryl Morey I can do it with a whole different lot of different methods it makes sense mentally because we can all see that Simmons and Embiid don't fit so well in Harden and Embiid although I mean is Embiid going to love to see James Harden dribbling the ball 40 times a possession and trying to work that. Is Houston going to love Ben Simmons not shooting? They're going to give up (laughs) one of the best offensive players of all time. James Harden is way better than Ben Simmons. Way better. Way better. (laughs) Not even, not even just that. Not even just that. He's way more exciting than Ben Simmons. Like that matters. That dude was the face of the franchise. You know what else matters? James Harden is declining, expensive, and asking out. Ben Simmons has been declining and he's young. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's fine. If you're not a fan of Ben Simmons, that's fine. But the reality is, like, it, James Harden's future is not in Houston. Like, it's just clearly not. Who in the pew is the person in Houston's going to decide this? I'm trying to wonder. Who's the decision maker in Houston? <laughs> I believe it's uh, old Tillman Fertitta. He's going to tell, tell you to shut up and listen if you have any other uh, opinion on that particular matter. No, I'm just saying that. If you're Daryl Morey, whether you're you want to be associated with Harden or not, you got it. You got to do it just because Harden's so much better than Ben Simmons, declining or otherwise. But you know, maybe Harden just has his eyes set on Brooklyn. We will be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24/7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful design objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless, modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and Cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Let me ask you, Ethan, would you rather have Ben Simmons or would you rather have, like, we'll say, Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, and three future Nets first, which will probably be, like, later in the first round first? I'm not a Ben Simmons guy. I think this is one of those situations where it's like, yeah, hard, we feel you, but um, you riding this out because we need 
we need somebody who's going to make people watch television right now. We need somebody who, if the thing open, who's going to sell tickets. We can't run this back. I can't. I can't go back to the White House with what Joe Biden. What if he Biden holds out or like does something super weird? Like I don't, that that situation sounds like it's getting toxic. He was just literally begging for money in a in a White House. Like he needs. He got to have a draw <laughs> on the court. He's got to have a draw. It's a bad situation for the NBA if if Harden goes to the Nets. I think just because people are interested. People are as interested in the Nets as they're gonna be. It's not like when you add a James Harden on top of it, there's all this more interest. All you're going to have happen is uh, nobody's going to be watching the Rockets. Or if you would have gone to Philly, you're not going to get people tuning in for Philly. So it's just, yeah. I mean, look. You know how you sound saying this, right? Like, Well, the people criticizing the Warriors. But but there was, I mean, there was a degree of truth to it. I'm just saying that's true for the NBA overall. I'm not folding Harden or folding the Nets for it. I've become increasingly more interested in the Nets if Harden is there. I'm, I By how much like, percent? Oh. How much percent? How much percent? 15. You 15%. I, I'm 10. I'm 10. I'm 10%. You know what I'm interested in? Kyrie Irving being the third best player on the team. That's what. That's what's interesting about it. Oh, I was thinking, like, if you're actually the Nets, why would you want Kyrie and Harden on the same team? Would just trade Kyrie for Harden. That's what I would do. Well, it's clear who's running the Nets. It's clear who's running the Nets. I mean, it's the two main guys, and apparently this this con- this was a conversation in L.A. as they're together, and it's this is directed by the stars. They all like to handle the ball and pick and roll. <laughs> That's what they all the like. The crazy to do. thing is, like, I'm most comfortable with Durant in this situation, right? You're like, well, Durant's played with the Warriors. He kind of knows how to do some off ball stuff. I'm more worried about the other two. And Harden and Kyrie, two really good defensive perimeter players, too. Really excellent. Oh, my God. Just, just stoppers. They're really stoppers. Do you think Portland getting Covington is a, is a major step for them? Or do they become a team now the Warriors have to worry about? No. They become better. They become, instead of an 18. Even with Zach were, Collins like, ready to come up and become a, dominant, yeah, become a dominant big man. I do like Nurkic. I don't know. You saw Lillard's in that teams with him and McCollum limitations in the playoffs against the Lakers. They're like the new Grizzlies where it's like, good, you know, good job, guys. Yeah, it's, uh, you, you, you put out a good product. Sometimes it's better. Sometimes it's worse. But I don't think anybody thinks championship when they look at it. Does KD really want this? Are we going back to Nets? We we're, were talking about Robert Covington. Oh, I'm sorry. I dropped, I dropped off. What happened? Where Marcus is not paying attention uh, alert. He would drink. Everybody drink. Marcus didn't pay attention. No, I dropped we're off. Talking, where, we're, talking about, we we're talking about Portland. Portland. Portland ah, and Covington. No, we, we were on the Nets for like 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted more Nets. You you are. You might have to bump it from 15 to 20% interest at Arden. The answer to your question is clearly yes. Kevin Durant wants it, or at least he thinks he wants it right now. I'm not sure he'll want it two months into the experiment, but it wouldn't be rumored right now if Kevin Durant wasn't okaying it because this is clearly a Durant directive. Absolutely. And he's, he, he's got, he's got no, he's got no, he's got no attachments to the other guys that might have to trade for the Nets. Absolutely. And he hasn't even played with them. He doesn't care, uh, which is fine. This is the way guys think superstars want to get together as a super villains too. Why not? Let's do it again. I actually think there would be a lot of attention to, to that in, in Brooklyn. It's not, on the same level as the Lakers or perhaps the Warriors, but we haven't even seen Durant play Can yet. Can you imagine the- Steve Nash's life, by the oh, way? That, was, <laughs> that part is the funny part. That is the funny part. Move the yeah. ball, guys. Move the ball. <laughs> How about Phoenix then? Phoenix with Chris Paul. Are, are they now a player in the West? They're in the Portland bracket. They're, they're playing for good the playoffs. For I like it for Chris Paul. I really do. I think this is great for him. I think this is what he should be doing like at this point in his career 
is like I mean the dude is a leader. He's a floor general. Like he's perfect for that. And you got Booker, you got Aiton. I I think we will regain an appreciation for Chris Paul. In this I think situation. we did last year with what he did with the Thunder. Yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. President of the Players yeah, Unions yeah. right now got a lot on his plate. He can't be doing deep playoff runs, right? This is the right. This is the right. The right mix. I don't know that we liked Chris Paul as the let's go be the superstar that takes down the the super team. Like I, I don't know if that Chris Paul was as appealing as the the go mentor role. Devin Booker into the star he should be basically. Like and yeah, I mean he gained so much more reputationally dragging the Thunder to the first round and almost beating the Rockets last year than he did with Houston going to the conference finals, like as a more of a title threat. So he probably learned a lot last year. Like, man, everyone's loving on me, even though it's like no chance I'm going to win a title. I think that's better for him. Uh, so you're, you're I, I missed your thought. I literally dropped off. Brian is my witness that something happened. So I missed your takes on Robert Covington to the Blazers. Western Conference Finals, right? Dame, this it is the help Dame eater, right? Jeez, we don't need to rehash this. Uh. <laughs> Western Conference Finals is the ceiling, I think. That's the ceiling, which that's kind of where they've been at, and it makes them better. You know, it makes them better, but it's not the game changer with Milwaukee. Yeah, they should have done this three years ago. My, I think they should have done this something like, you know, instead they were, you know, yeah, they loaded up with Alan Crabb and Myers Leonard and all they that They had stuff. the worst yeah. of that 2016 offseason than anyone. Oh, man, they gave us well, a bad Well, I still think they're not making the hard choice that they, they've been putting off for years and years, which is, you know, which one of the guards. McCollum, uh, bye-bye. Yeah, I just, it's not like with the Bucks where we should say this about the Bucks. I don't think they can. They could have won a championship with the core they had. We said it in this podcast. I think we were all in agreement, um, and we were against the grain because a lot of other people were saying point differential and favorites and everything else. We're just giving ourselves a little bit of credit, a collective pat on the back, because we get things wrong too. But now they could. Like This is a team that could win the championship with the Bucks, and I don't think Portland did that by getting Robert Covington. Better, yeah. Not contender better. So do the people who want Robert Covington on the Warriors have a gripe here or was two first round picks too they much? Gave up, they gave up two firsts. No way. Two firsts is a lot. Is, is he a great fit for the Warriors? Yes. Is giving up two first round picks. And the Warriors is the number two overall, I might point out. Not 16. It's it number two, two overall. Yeah, it couldn't have been two. Yeah. No way they could do that. No possible way they could do that. Two second round picks, I'd do it. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, yeah, well. <laughs> you got to have these two seconds. I'll no problem. 2024 20, second round pick. Here it is. Also... I remember Tim and I, I remember us having a conversation with somebody very high up in the Warriors organization, and I'll leave it at that. Not huge on Covington. Not huge on Covington, remember. He has a his knee history that's not terrific. And he'll be 30 in December. I just don't think they're high on 30-year-olds. This should pivot us to a conversation we should have since by the t- next time we talk, the Warriors will probably have already Are we done with Nets already? That, that's it? No more Nets? <laughs> you just, oh, my God. Oh, you need to be bad. doing the Nets podcast. <laughs> <Wow>. yeah. <laughs> Is he, are you doing a book now? Are you, Marcus, you got a book coming out? <laughs> Karis LeVert, the, the next superstar. Go ahead, no. The rise of Spencer Dinwoody. What do you think is the best free agency, realistic free agency outcome for the Warriors? I mean, they have the taxpayer mid-level. Obviously, the trade exception could play into it. It expires a few days in a free agency. I mean, they, they it do depends need on who the pick is. I mean, just, we just assume the pick is Wiseman. Here's my plan that I'm, I'm turning into TK soon here, allegedly. You draft Wiseman. You get Kelly Oubre with the trade exception. I'm going to go with Austin Rivers over Gasol, very slightly. 
for the mid-level exception. If you have uh, Wiseman, that makes sense. So I, I go with Austin Rivers. I understand the whole Gasol mentor uh, Wiseman, but also I don't think Gasol can mentor Wiseman in the way the Warriors need him to play. Also, I just really worry about when he's going to play. You put him on the floor, he's just he's just attackable. He's very attackable. You also need so, wing help bad. Yes. Guard, wing guard and wing I, help. I'm not the biggest Austin Rivers guy, but look, to be honest, if they somehow trick Sergi Baca into taking a mid-level exception, like Bob Myers needs to retire, right? Like that's that's your offseason right there. But that's very unrealistic. There's no way he takes the mid-level. So for me, that's my three-step plan to a successful offseason. Do, do that right there. Uber would be really, I mean, going with the all Kansas small forward core, right? Just go go with all those Kansas guys. I think Ubre would be nice. I don't know that they're going to get him. I think the Oklahoma City is going to ask for something that's not, you know, they're not just going to give him away. Warriors could give a future first, maybe even yeah. next their own next year's their first, next knowing year, that yeah. they have Minnesota's. But how many picks does Oklahoma City want, Slater, by the way? they got 16 in the next, Clearly like, five years. a lot of them. <laughs> I mean, well, one thing you're hearing with Oklahoma City is, like, there were some rumblings that they were, you know, debating maybe trying to move up to one this year. At some point, Sam Presti will catch in and go, look, we got 17, 28, and 25. Let's jump up to four because we love somebody, something like that. Trust me. Sam Presti will not say no to another first rounder because it's Cade Cunningham. Go all in for Cade Cunningham. (laughs) Then Slater becomes a Thunder beat rider again. That's a done deal. Sam Presti will be making that drive up to Stillwater a few times uh, (laughs) this year, I think. I think Oubre fits him a lot. I have not had a conversation with any Warriors people about Oubre. I'm not sure if they like him or not. I know he almost got into fight would was that with clay or was that draymond i it forget was draymond. well it was no draymond. it was draymond and bradley yeah. beal another name we've been Beale. talking oh, about then, but Ubre took a cheap shot. that's why Ubre took a cheap shot that's Ubre, what like yeah. what was a head yeah. locked him from behind or yeah. something like he, that? he yeah. came in and smoked clay while they were kind of in the that's frame. what it was that's what it was but hey fire you know he plays defense he's a little erratic but you know you're, you're not getting a superstar here with all this i could go with Ubre for sure wiseman Ubre. Plus is a is a solid off season if you ask me, and that's why I think when 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 and if fans are going crazy that they're not in on Chris Paul or Drew Holiday, you know that's that, that's not what they're going for. They're going for what we're talking about this level. I'm talking myself into Wiseman. I think there's real value in Wiseman for them, and I just would not get get at it too. Like when you're talking about them trading down, and Ethan's got a story on that we're posting pretty soon of possible trade downs, and I get the idea of it. And you pick up an asset, and you maybe get a player you can plug in more. But man, I think Wiseman could be good with them. I maybe it's just all this Wiseman time we've had over to talk about. A lot of people, it. yeah, <laughs> and about doing nothing. Yeah, I think you trade down if you see these guys in person and you just think they don't have it. Or if Charlotte jumps up, right, and takes the number one. Yeah, like, yeah. But, but then I take then I take ball, you know, or, or you know, whatever. I'll see, take who's left. But yes, I understand, and I think Wiseman just fits them in so many different ways. You could just picture it in your mind and. There's value, you know. Again, maybe not trade value, but a seven footer, seven footer doesn't change. Seven footer is still a seven footer who's athletic, and you can figure out what to do with them. They just haven't had that. They've tried to have it, and Damian Jones just wasn't that, you know. They're, they've they've tried it with other people. I, I think Wiseman has a real good shot at being something they haven't had in a long time. I've been talking myself into it. The Instagram, the Instagram workout videos have swayed me. At least he's, and I'm only oh, half. I've kidding. been hooked on him. I've been hooked on I, him. I'm yeah. only half kidding because it is a thing of okay, this guy's putting in the work, man. He's not slacking during this time where it's easy to slack. He's not developing the dad bod that I'm developing. He's in there and he's adding 15, 20 pounds of muscle. We don't know how it will translate on the court, but I do think that matters and. 
I was going to say, I must say, I was on Wiseman before the Instagram, before it was cool to be on Wiseman. You completely brainwashed me. I was I just think saying. I did to, brainwash uh, some people. I said that to uh, to a Warriors official just yesterday. I said it was Slater. Slater's relentless campaign for Wiseman has eroded my defenses. And at this point, I'm excited about the Warriors getting Wiseman. I want to see Wiseman. Wiseman always made the most sense. Yeah, he did. He did. <laughs> what happened to Killian Hayes? What happened to Killian Hayes? Where are you? He's not even listed. I don't detect much. Oh, he's much falling fast. Man, your guy is just taking them. Patrick Williams has hopped him. Patrick Williams is going over Killian. It happened. Killian was getting some nice momentum out there. TK, we noticed this, down. right? Slater boosts Wiseman's draft stock. Ethan tanks Killian Hayes. He was a top five pick when Ethan was on him. Well, I kind of stopped. I kind of stopped. I thought I thought I was first, and then KOC got on the, uh, the the Killian. I'm not saying he got on the bandwagon because I swayed anything. I think that was just KOC's take. But he had Killian at number one. But you know what kills? You know what subtly kills it? I think it's the influence of one Nate Duncan because Nate is so granular with his observations and so confident. And I think when he was lukewarm on certain prospects, I could see a Nate Duncan effect where those prospects started to drop. And I could see a Nate Duncan effect when he and and Kevin Pelton got on the LaMelo bandwagon, then LaMelo started jumping up. So I think it might be a Nate Duncan effect uh, that is upon us with some of these picks. There's a bunch of point guards in this draft that they, they all have their strengths they all have their weaknesses and then you can just throw them in a you know you throw them in a bag and certain you know it's, it's going to move a certain way based on really little things not on big things and i think it happened that way with killian hayes and i i don't know who's going to be better patrick williams or him or all these other point guards kira what kira lewis i can't even remember the name you know there's just so many you can just say oh they all, they all sound good but i'm not sure wings get drafted higher <laughs> just because wings are more important in the league it was scoring wings for sure anthony edwards sort of qualifies and lamella ball does because he's six foot eight uh and you know th- those things are just going to always be valued and we certainly talking to the warriors like we do we understand they're not drafting someone who's six foot two six foot three they're just they don't do that that's not who they are and a lot of teams are like that I would caution on this. I mean, one of the reasons why you might want to trade down is I think there's more potential this time around that by the time the games start, we'll end up thinking that a lot of guys picked after 10 are better than some of the guys picked in the top five. It seems like it it might be that kind of draft. And I mean, there are guys like Mason Jones I don't know a lot about, but I, I see the entire profile. I didn't really watch a lot of uh, Arkansas, but I, I go, you know, why isn't this guy talked about more? And I, I don't even see him on the board in some mocks. And I just think this is a guy where you just look 22 points on 13.6 shots a game, getting assists, hitting three pointers at volume, step backs, six foot five. There are some guys who could really pop and then surprise you and make all-star teams who are drafted outside the lottery. And it does seem like 2020 is the draft for that. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Don- 
Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. I think that's true anyway for the Warriors. I think no matter what, no matter who they get, they're playing with three all-stars and they won't look as good as whoever gets unlimited shots and unlimited minutes. I don't think they're avoiding that problem no matter who they get. I actually think it's much better for Wiseman with the Warriors than... Wiseman is the one guy. You're right. You're right. I like that theory. I like that. That Wiseman is the guy who is going to be made to look better based on the surrounding talent. But if you get a guy on the ball... I mean, the other thing, though, that I, I bring up in this article is at some point you need to get somebody to spell Steph a bit, right? You need to get somebody to take on the reins Austin Rivers! <laughs> we forget about Kai Bowman? Are we, are we Jordan about, Poole, what about your guy Jordan about Poole? Kai? Jordan Poole, oh, come on, man. Go, Don't Poole. forget about the incumbents here. The incumbents. As I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> incumbents of 15 and 50, but still incumbents. TK, come on. You're on the Kai Bowman bandwagon. Michael Mulder? Michael Mulder? I'm the Michael Mulder bandwagon. That's the one. Can Michael Mulder run point? If he can play as a point guard, he's perfect. I think in this draft, Second you unit. have a good chance. If you trade down and are also, let's say you have a pick and you've got a pick at the back end of the first round, I think there's a very good chance you can get a, a player who's better than those players. Kawhi um, Leonard style? That's uh, well, I'm thinking more uh, kind of Brogdon style because they're, they're, Skylar Mays is almost just complete everything the same as Brogdon. Brogdon got $85 million, and uh, he's not you know he's not the only one with that particular that particular game um there are a few guys like that in this draft i agree that you could like strike big get an asset maybe get a hit on a rotation guy at like eight or something like that but just because the fit of wiseman and the warriors don't you think it's just over overly complicating and out, trying to outsmart yeah. yourself to do that like if he's just sitting there at two just take him i think so i i like the idea of just going with wiseman i like that idea but let's say charlotte trades up for him or you didn't like something to happen in the workout i don't know and let's say i mean it seems like there might have been a little uh, sadiq bay momentum according to marcus within the warriors organization let's say you just think that sadiq bay is way better than what people think he is and that's what you want then in that scenario yeah you would you would trade down get an extra pick maybe later in the draft um, and fill out the roster so it's just a scenario yeah, nah. Wiseman, take Wiseman. I do think it's something's interesting ha that happened with the Warriors, though, which was Steph gets injured in November, and then they spend the next year like really canvassing the draft, finding out every guy and who they value, who might be like Tyrese Halliburton might not go till eight, but we think he has the value of a fourth pick, and they didn't know they were going to be the number two pick for so long that they really thought they found some different guys in different spots of the draft they liked. And then they got two. And then Wiseman, who they didn't scout much because he just disappeared off the face of the earth, kind of you know comes through and seems to be the, the right pick. And it, they're probably sitting there going, was all that prep time? You know, We did so much work, and we found so many different guys we thought had better value than other teams said. But it's like, eh, well, you know, the big guy's just kind of sitting there, and it, it seems kind of obvious. You're prepared for trades later down the road. Right? You know, that always happens. We like this guy in the draft, and we're going to get him three years later. You know, that's that's part of the process, too. So 
Uh, I, I wouldn't put it past them from having great files on these guys just because of all the prep work and being able to make a move in two years, you know, for, a, you know, Halliburton or whoever, all these names that, that we've heard with them. But yeah, don't outsmart yourself and don't don't say, OK, we got seven months of preparation. Let's rethink this 18 different times. You go with the best guy. And, and, and we're all pretty sure who that is. And to answer your question about, uh, you know, Steph, getting somebody to back up Steph, I think there's a guy who I love in this draft. I'm a big fan of uh, Trey Jones. I don't think he'll be there, but I think if they take the twos and move up, I think that's a great option as a backup point guard It's, it's Trey Jones. Jordan Poole, we're just selling short on Jordan Poole, who's redesigned his game. And I remember when Ethan was a huge Nico Mannion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he fell off, man. He's not athletically. He just did yeah, not I do see, what yeah. he needed to do yeah. athletically. Yeah, athletic. You can just see he doesn't beat people off the dribble, and that's a problem. He was somebody where at the very beginning he was just killing it in the Pac-12, and I don't know if they scouted him up or what, but he could not make the adjustment. He probably needs another year, but he's got to go. He did not uh, progress as I as as I would have liked. Um, so yeah, it's uh, he needed to do he needed to do a little bit better there. Hey, <laughs> I wonder maybe Mannion can be that guy undrafted. Second round, undrafted. Yeah, undrafted. Yeah, second round. Yeah, wow, undrafted, he's second undrafted round. now. He's dropping from ten to other. Ethan, they're gonna use one of their twos on Killian Hayes, right? Oh and then... <laughs> my God, the Killian Hayes fall off. Sacrilege! I'm still big on Killian. I'm still big on Killian, but uh, yeah, I, but th- th- those guys are there. There's there's going to be a bunch of point guards. I do think that they should try to find somebody better than what they have on roster to potentially not only spell stuff but be that third guard because we're seeing that a lot. Uh, Oklahoma City was doing that a lot, and it seems to be effective uh, when you have that that three guard lineup that could really add a lot of pop to their offense if they well, hit like right the on. Warriors did and. The, the the great years right now is with Livingston you know you slide people down and you have a different ball handler and you give Steph some time off from handling the ball and you can guard other people with that uh, that third guard that's the the one trade I've seen so far that I'm like man maybe the Warriors should have got in on that bidding with Schroeder actually you know an 18 point per game bench guy who can be that third guard like you said what the Thunder did last year he would basically just come over and slide into that role and the price wasn't that big 28th overall pick in Danny Green's contract that's the one I was like, really? Maybe too much dribbling, Steve Kerr says. Too much dribbling. I thought he played way more disciplined this season, and he played. He was his best season as a pro, and you could see, you know, he's still not old. But some of those he takes games, a lot he's played of bad his, shots yeah, in, in the past, man, he could he just put some terrible shots up in his career. Then that might drive Steve Kerr crazy, and and I, I guess he's played better defensively. Well, he was I good mean, in the bubble, though. Yep, yeah, yeah. I mean, so so you could kind of see it, but again, you know, the Warriors they want this guy to be six seven. They don't want the guy to be six. Michael Carter Williams, it is. There you go. There I you go. Him a while ago. There my, you go. my prediction is either Skylar Mays or Desmond Bain is going to be the Brogdon of this draft. One of the two, maybe both. Good value. That's 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 the prediction here. Like one of those two guys. Ethan is on the record with that one. And they might they might not be first round picks. Who knows? So we'll we'll see. You do see value in the twenties just because it's such a mishmash. You know, there's because there's no clear top ten. There's going to be top ten players that go in the twenties. There's no question because you don't know. It's just the mix of combinations of who you kind of like, who fits better. 
and I couldn't tell you whether Paul Reed or Sadiq Bey or, you know, there's all these guys that just could be about the same. And it's going to be coaching. It's going to be roster comp- compilation. It's going to be all these things that can decide it. But you're, the Warriors at two, you, you're out of that. I think you just stay where you are and you take the guy you like. And then you say, okay, Steph and Draymond and Ron Adams and Jaron Collins. You make sure James Wiseman fits all this. And I think he can. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be a project for Collins and Ron Adams, I think. You know who will be invigorated? Ron Adams. <laughs> you know, you hand him that project. I think they're, de- you know, it's you talk behind the scenes. Their developmental staff can't wait for you know, whoever, right? The, they haven't had a young talent like this ever, like in the Since current era. Jacob right? Evans. Oh, <laughs> <Sorry>. no. <laughs> Come on. Why do you got to catch a stray? You know. Love that. Love that. That's, Love that's that. also a drinking game in the podcast. He's, he's getting up there. Oh, Mason Jones said I can achieve being an all-star or an MVP. I like Uh-oh. the confidence. Ethan's, here we go. Ethan's I like building the confidence. it up. Banging the drums. Banging Ethan the drums. wants so bad to find a sleeper so he can say I was on him before. His name else. was attached to Ethan. Ethan so bad drops. wants to be a decision maker for like the ninth overall pick in this draft. He oh, yeah. really oh, wants yeah. a late lottery Make me pick. Make me uh, an ops man, a miserable NBA ops man, because they seem to have so much fun. No, we have it way better. We don't actually have to own any of the responsibility. We can talk about all the scenarios in public this is this is way better than actually having to make the choice apparently and, we're to blame for everyone talking about the warriors too so i want to point that oh out, can we talk about that a bit just can we, <laughs> sure. I, I don't want to be self-indulgent too much but i am defensive on our behalf a little bit because it felt like we did our jobs and we were reporting on which guys were showing up at the workouts And I do think we have a unique thing here where we are a team and we have experience covering this particular core of the Warriors. So we generated some content and then it seemed like the story became that the Warriors had these loose lips. And I feel like, why can't the story be good job, Athletic Bay Area? I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Yeah, I'll just say the the, the grouping us in with everybody else probably not the smartest way to do it that's all i'll say it's like you know there's a lot of the warriors are a popular team they've got the number two overall pick there's going to be conversation about them they are not a front office that won't talk to people so that's part of it too but it's natural and i think if you you go through the quality of what's been reported and the consistency of what's been reported i'll go with my guys and the idea that people were lumping it into, oh, the Warriors are just leaking to everybody. Oh, the Warriors are just uh, the Warriors just want people to talk about them. Part of that maybe, and then there was what we reported, and I think I will stick with that. Uh, and it, it, it does annoy me when people just say, oh, there's all these names associated with the Warriors. Well, there's been one with the Warriors if you look at one site uh, that maybe has done the most thorough reporting. I'll put it that way. Hey, guess what? Not every crumble of information comes from the Warriors. Yes. Exactly. It's agents. It's other teams. It's, you know, I whatever. just don't like how somehow this is like some level of indictment as if this doesn't happen with every team. Like, what are we doing here? Everybody traffics in this speculation. So what are we complaining about? Somebody's trafficking more? Like, I, I don't understand the entire argument. Forget the fact that it was completely inaccurate. Nobody was saying ever that the Warriors were going to take a Coral with the number two pick. Nobody ever said that. It's always been the same three for everybody. This idea that somehow the number two pick, there's too much information. It's like, the very people complaining about it are the people who do it. It's not like the team is saying, yo, we don't want this out there. Why are y'all putting this out there? It's the people who put information out there mad the information is out there. And it's like, 
This is insanity. Oh, man, they're talking so much. All you do is get talked behind the scenes and posted, and now you're saying we're doing it too much? Like, that's ridiculous to me. It, it didn't make any sense. It's gobbling up food and then being like, this food's terrible. Why do yeah, I have I this like, food? What are you doing? <laughs> we're doing it too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're talking to people. Yeah, we're writing stories. Absolutely. It's, what we're supposed to. it's the number two pick. It's the number two pick. Well, also, what's this idea? Like, the Warriors are doing something irresponsible. Bob Myers is going to call the team and make an offer, and they'll go, well, I don't know. I read in the newspaper that you really like Anthony Edwards, so I don't really believe you. I don't understand what the idea is that they're doing something. Maybe it's the idea that they're doing something uh, sneaky and that they're lying and they're trying to throw everybody off. I'm not really getting that at all. I think we're just reporting uh, basically on which guys are doing workouts and everything else. So it, it, it's strange. When I was doing this, when the Warriors had the number six pick every year, nobody was complaining about it, right? I mean, it was, and now all of a sudden it's this big thing. Oh, the look of the Warriors. Oh, the, the Timberwolves have done it so respectably. They've done it so respectably. They haven't. Come on now. Everybody does it. It's part of, the, it's part of what we do. The same players have been leaked to the Timberwolves. The exact same players how about wiseman yesterday now wiseman yeah i didn't talk to him <laughs> the other thing is it's true the warriors do like several players in this draft they just can only pick one of them <laughs> like they don't have multiple top 10 picks but they do like a lot of guys we could probably shut it off right there i started it and i can shut it off but uh if anyone wants to aggregate that go ahead but uh, this is our opinion of it, and I think we've been consistent, and I, I think you can bottle up what we've written. And I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm nah, just... Ethan's not done. Let's go, Ethan. I'm frustrated <laughs> with this idea of, look, we don't go to Summer League all the time, have the connections we have to only get information from the Warriors. It seems like our reputation precedes us. I understand it to a degree that when we learn something— it automatically uh, makes people think, well, that came from the Warriors. That's not the case. We talk to more people than that. We have been around the NBA for a while. So that's the other frustration. The other, and I, I will cut off my, at least my self-indulgence right there on this issue. But that's the other frustration point for me is people making that assumption when I do reporting. And I know it didn't come from them because I did the reporting. I got to hop on a LaMelo call, LaMelo ball Zoom call. Yeah, I want, I want to hop on that, too. So yeah. That's a good one. All right. Well, that's a good enough for today. All right. We'll see you next week when the world is different. All right. See you. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.